Baldfest. You saw I did yeah, Baldfest yeah. that way. Two years running. Yeah, Baldfest. Uh, what I is Baldfest? Yeah, explain to us what Baldfest is. Baldfest is a festival for bald people. <laughs> I did. Uh, that was I'll another thing I did. I'll be joining y'all soon. <laughs> uh, Do you, are you only able to show up if you're bald? No. Oh, so Anyone I can show up also. You could show up, yeah. Is it like uh, support you could the bald be an, community? Yeah, you, you could be an ally. <laughs> Another episode of Mislabeled. We are up to number 28. Um, Zach, we are churning them out. Mm. Um, one a week, and we're keeping to it. Uh, Shmuley, how are you feeling? Better than I was, yeah. Better thank than he God, was. Thank God. He's a trooper here. I'm a trooper. Real I'm trooper. a real trooper getting up at 10.30 a.m. I'm trooping right now. <laughs> love it. I, I freaking love it. Um, all right, so today we have a very, very special guest with us. Definitely the, the biggest guest, concerning followers for sure, that we've ever had. Um, we have with us Kosha Dills. Hey. Right? I, hey. What's going on? Did I pronounce it right? What's up? What's up? Y yeah. Knocked it out Congrats. Knocked it out the park. You killed that, bro. I know. Um, Smooth okay. sailing from here. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and taking your time, first of all. Um, I know Zach. How, you guys are good friends, Zach? Not good friends, but we know well, each other. We are not good friends. We are, I, I don't <laughs> really like it. No. no. We, we, I would say that I've... I don't remember exactly how I met you. I think it was literally on the street because you are someone who is out there on the streets most We of met in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met in 2020. Yep. Yeah. I, remember I think it was that. outside Prospect Park. Yes. Yes, it was. And then I remember you came one time to see me at Arlene's Grocery. Yes, I did. Yeah, I danced cool. a little bit. I did a little yeah, break dance moves outside yeah. while you were rapping. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think I've bumped into you just out and about in Brooklyn and Manhattan probably like four, five, six times. You're one of the Jewish dudes that's always outside. I'm, I am outside a lot. Not yeah. as much as you, but I am outside. Yeah, yeah no, seriously. It's <laughs> actually a good call. Like, I actually hear that, and the Jewish people that are outside, that's, I never go yeah. outside, so it's very, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never thought of life. I mean, we are in, like, Long Island, you know, yeah. right? Is that where we're at? Or, yeah, yeah, we we're in Nassau County. Yeah, we're in Nassau sure. County, we're in Nassau, part of Long Island, yeah. Dang. But I don't hang out outside, so it's an interesting, like, the only time I go outside. You have a massive yard here, you know? It's yeah. Like big, uh, you should just, go outside, is basically. I just drive saying. down the block when I have to go somewhere. No, literally. Like, if I have to go to, like, around the corner, I just get in my car and drive. Yeah. You also order a lot of food directly to your bed. <laughs> so that you don't have to leave. Uber Eats is number one customer. Labia wiener. Yeah, no, I literally, I literally, by the way, yeah, I'm a huge Uber Eats guy. I don't like moving. None of my things. Listen, when you reach label stature in life, you, you don't have to move. You no, know, I never moved. I never All right, but basically, I'm very excited to have you on because... Again, I've bumped into you five, six times. I know a little bit about what you're about. I follow you on Insta. I see you going like viral probably, what, every two months or maybe even, or maybe even more frequently. You're just like another video. So I'm, I'm really relishing this chance to like get to know you a little bit better. You know, mm -hmm. ask you some questions I've never really gotten to ask you and give the people at home and especially some of the, like the from community that watches us like a little bit of a take on you because you're a known guy, but like, let's get to actually know you, you know? Right. That sort of thing. Um, I said let's start with the most topical thing now. Like, what's the what's the thing that you're plugging right now? I mean, you know, right now. I mean, what's the thing you're plugging? I mean, so people obviously know I rap. So, and you're just speaking about the viral thing. So, yeah, yeah. For people that don't know, even what going viral really is in New York, I sort of started doing the street performing, which is how you met me, which has sort of been a New York thing. So. Yeah. That hap that started happening in 2020. I think you met me before I ever went viral, actually, because the so. first time was the Hanukkah blizzard, where I rapped and I started rapping in extreme weather. So like 
if it was snowing, I would go outside and start rapping and then I would send it to all the New York pages and they were like, New York people are crazy. And then people just started sharing it because it was, you know, making people happy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that went to Rapid Unsat Sporting Events. And recently I did the Yankees when they won right before they lost literally the week after. <laughs> but that went so big. Like, you know, it got like, I think a couple, maybe a million or two million. It wasn't like the biggest one I did, but it was total surprise because I'd never gone to a Yankees game. Um, so wait, that was your first Yankees game. Yeah, <laughs> I went outside and it was the first one, and everyone's like, "You're," and it really like struck a nerve with the sports world because WFAN um, was. Yeah, I was just on. I was on the sports radio, and then obviously the Kanye thing was in the midst of happening because I remember while that was happening, I was like, "Oh, I should make something about Kanye," and then right. I saw Kanye with Nick Cannon, who I'm also on Wild and Out. So I was like, my, this is really awkward. Yeah. That show was canceled for the same thing. It was kind of, it was canceled for the same thing. It wasn't on the level of Kanye because he basically got canceled. And then he started going, studying with rabbis and was going to the ADL and just, you know, anything. Who, 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 Nick or Nick Kanye? Cannon, Nick Cannon. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick's been, been educating himself since the incident. Yeah, exactly. For people who don't know, can you want to explain people a don't more know, about so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, for those who don't know, I'm on a television show called Wild and Out. It's on its 20 seasons. It's a freestyle. I freestop. grew up with that shit, dude. I right now. I loved Wild and Out growing up. MTV too. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. By the way, Wild and Out was one of the OG like this yeah. comedian music. Is, yeah. yeah, it's a black sure. comedy show, improv game show yeah. where it's like black team versus black squad versus red squad, new school versus old school. And I am the Jewish guy on the show. You are That's the token right. I am the token Jew. No, but there's another Jew, Ormash. She's an Israeli comedian. Oh, where she sort of plays like the foreigner. That's like sort of her brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. yeah. So, so. Meanwhile, when, she was born in Long Island. No, 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 no. She was born in Israel, you know. And I'm like, you know, so it's cool. We get to speak Hebrew on set and, you know, they have kosher food there. It's really actually very welcoming. They get you kosher food. Yeah. No, they treat us better than Jewish establishments, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Um, um, so, you know, this is in a shot in Atlanta. It's, you know, I'm I'm the guy that said, obviously Nick was canceled and then the show came back on and had a couple seasons and then we got on. So it was just ironic that there wasn't. I got to ask the tough question. Though. Do you think hiring you was sort of a, a PR move for them? No. Like, look, um, we have a Jew. We no, can't be anti-Semitic. No, because the show would have been fine with, with, or, without, with or without us, True. honestly. I mean, it's better with us, mm -hmm. to be honest, because we, we, I mean, we auditioned and we got through but we were better than everyone else. Yeah, on, on you're the an obvious choice for Wild and Out. Yeah, so because like half the half the challenges on Wild and Out have to do with like coming up with raps on on the spot. Yeah, on and the that's spot. Literally and, your bread and butter. Yeah, but I mean, you're you know you're prepping a little bit, but just to shift the paradigm back to Kanye sure. is that Wild and Out. There was a picture after Kanye got was beginning to get canceled. This was like in er, early to mid October. There was a picture with him hugging Nick. So everyone's like, what's it like to be on a show? And you're like, well, once I saw that picture, I was like, okay, I need to do something. That song has been going viral. I mean, it probably got a couple million on Twitter, the behind the scenes when I was rapping in front of 770 into Fillin, um, which has been, you know, really uh, awesome. <laughs> it was great. Because once I was doing it, I was like, this is going to go been, so crazy. Uh, curiosity, has that been a big source of contention within the Jewish community? I mean, not at all. You know, some you people some may, yeah, whatever, but it's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't care, you know what I mean? Like, like nothing, 
the same people would give me shit for like you know eating you know a cheese you know what i mean it would have been like yeah. the same level of why don't you do this how could you do anything you know right i think uh Mordechai Lightstone was there. Shout out to Motel on uh, Twitter, M-O-T-T-E-L. He's, uh, I think he does socials for Chabad. And um, he loves me. And he's oh, like, amazing. he's like, everyone's freaking out while you're shooting. And he's like, it's, it's, don't worry. It's Tishrei. It's Tishrei. Yeah. He's like, no one has anything to do. <laughs> which I really thought was funny. He's like, I'll just blame it on Tishrei, you know? Um, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, Sometimes so I love Chabad everything, so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were shooting and... Um, you know, that video had gone viral and then we, you know, we dropped the video, the, vi the, the behind the scenes was going more viral than the video. And then people started posting, you know, um, the Jews have responded to Kanye West. You are the Jews. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone's like, yo. And then like, I, I posted like, man, this Kanye, Kanye diss track goes hard. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, on my, it got, it got ripped and put all over. And then the you know the videos obviously still going and that has over you know a hundred thousand and and like yeah. you know, like a week and a half. And after you're on this pod, it's gonna have like a hundred and two. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you just gave us two thousand. But um, but really, it really went viral in like the you know, in the hip hop community before the Jewish community, and then obviously the and that's really that's kind nice. of. Yeah, because bars put it up, and then um, puberty and memes are put it up, did like a co-post, sure. and that's like fifty million. So then they and I, the interesting thing is, you're talking to these people, and they're like, "Well, we want to write." There are three levels of you know, Jews control the media, right? <laughs> you know, one, there's thinking that I'm responsible for everything. Two, there's the Jews have responded to Kanye West, which is obviously it's all me. Right, I am right, the Jews, right? right? This is all my content. You are now the Jews. Yes. Forever and always, you are the Jews. Um, the less anti-Semitic version, uh, clickbaity version is, a group of Jewish people have gathered. That's the next one. <laughs> That's the next one, sure. And then the one that I switched them to was a Jewish rapper has responded. to. Like, if mm -hmm. you want to use Jewish, we're going to have to go with a Jewish rapper. You know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah. okay with being a Jewish rapper. Sure. I've called myself a Jewish rapper. Yeah. I am the Jewish rapper of Wild and Out. Um, you know what I mean? Because like yeah. easy. Oh, what's his name? Okay, Kosha Dills. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's kind of your brand. Is you you are very much entrenched in hip hop and you're a rapper. You're very much right. entrenched in Judaism. Exactly. And I've been doing that since '05. I mean, yeah. I, my first record was called was on a label called Shout Out to Label, um, Matzah for Your Mouth Records. Jesus. It was a picture. If you Google it, <laughs> that's unbelievable. It's a it's a matzah ball. It's a, like an angry matzo ball eating a piece of matzo with like a yarmulke. It's like really angry. It's a, you know, you could, I mean, you could pull up an image and throw it on the screen or something yeah, like that. Cool. And that's great. Um, I got to say, as an aside, the first time I ever heard of you, this is way before I met you. I'm talking uh, about like high school, Zach. Like when someone sent me your video, it was like, yo, this guy's Jewish. I think he might be from. Like, <laughs> I think he might be from. You've confused a lot of people. <laughs> like a lot of people. I thought you were like a Lakewood guy that like went OT, like, you know, off the derrick and was like mm -hmm. doing his own thing. But you had this video um, hanging out. Mm. And and you were talking about Matze Shabbos schnitzel. And you were like in bed with like with like a, a video baddie. 
And I was like, yeah. what is this? It like blew my mind. It melted the steel beams in my mind. Mochi Shabbat Schnitzel. talking like I'm Sicily. I ain't got no pasta mama. All I got is Listerine. This flow is so unorthodox. Religious girls don't mention me. They into me like coffee and cake. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, so the the guy who produced that, um, Jesse Shack, and ended up producing Sia Chandelier. Um, you know that song? Yeah, he's yeah, huge. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yes, yes. I've been in a Coles before. I've heard it. <laughs> um, that was my f- lar- so I lived in LA from like 2011 to 2019. Sure. And then I moved to Israel, and then and then I you know came back to LA, and then I moved to uh moved to New York in the pan- like summer of 2020. Um, like started subletting and stuff. I'm like I'm doing New York, but when I was you know. Well, the way I got to that song hanging out is that I had a Super Bowl commercial for this song called Cellular Phone, which was like my first song. And it's kind of like, I call my rap like user-friendly rap. And there was always like a lot of Jewish pride and there was always like a Jewish stab line. It was, And I just had a discussion with this with another Jewish rapper named Ill Bill, who was actually probably one of my inspirations. They were the first people to use Hebrew text like in early 2000s. And they were the guys that were getting the calls to be like the Jewish answer to House of Pain. Like when record labels were trying to, I mean, working with Lior Cohen and a lot of the, you know, names that you see that are the Jewish names of the music industry, right? Right. And um, the, that was always kind of my thing. It was like strong Jewish representation. Like I'm not a weak Jew. I'm like a hard ass dude. Like I used to sell drugs, I used to sell Coke, I used to sell, you know what I'm saying? Weed and mushrooms and get locked up. And this is like, I'm a, like former drug addict and I'm like hard in the streets, sort of like, have you ever seen Goodfellas? Mm-hmm. Of course. I have. Of course. So, okay, yeah, okay, of course. Of course. So Goodfellas. There's like all the Italian on. dudes, and then there's like the sleazy Jewish dude that yeah. was just like, you know, yeah. dating, like never dating a Jewish girl. And like that was <laughs> me, you know what I'm saying? Like that was my guy. That was my character. Yeah. So I'm Rami, so that's my real name, Rami Evanesh. And I'm like, I'm not like, I am Israeli-American. I was the first one born here in my my family. So I always felt more connected to like the Israeli side and Jewish identity versus religion. Mm-hmm. But the religious thing, I don't know, it just happened. Like I had worked with Mata Siahu when I got out of jail. And then I was just like, I was like all these happier spiritual Jews. And if you were around during like the mid 2000s to when Jewish music was coming about through like Shem Speed and there were all these things in, in Brooklyn and J-Dub Records. And there was this like this rise of Jewish music. And it was like, the well, era can you speak of, more to that? Like, what sort of Jewish music are you talking um, about? Moshav, Soul Farm. Okay. Those, those are like, like and the now outsiders it's, that kind of yeah, made Jewish music cool. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Cool. The world was trying to make Jewish stuff cool. After Modest Yahoo came out, it yeah. was more pop, it was in pop culture, right? And that's something I always sort of to aim to is that, like, how can I bring Jewishness to pop culture? Yeah. You know in, what I'm in saying? In a positive way, but also in a positive in a cool way. way in a cool way, yeah. How often do Swaggy. Jews get depicted in media as like mm-hmm. we're always the nerds on tv shows exactly we're always, like it's it's cool to have someone who's hard to have street cred you Exa- know exactly yeah and you're going and, and like listen you know jews love rap music i think mac miller said it he's like jews love hip-hop we do and and you know this white is jewish kids white, love white jewish kids, kids. Love. <laughs> yeah um french jewish kids love hip-hop israeli kids love hip-hop uh-huh. i mean but something i realized is that like when i was starting all this i was like okay you know, hanging out. New York Nico directed that video actually before he was New York Nico. Um, I did not know you yeah. guys went that way back. Yeah, and uh, he was doing music videos back then, and that was just like sort of 
that was sort of similar. That hanging out video was sort of like what I aspired to do in sort of New York. It was just like a gang of dudes mobbing out. We were just going out and just kind of wilding and yeah. we were just, you know, doing stuff. And it was in LA, but, um, you know, I lived in Koreatown and that video, it, there's like someone actually tweeted an image. He's like, could you explain this? And it was like, this chick from Craigslist that, you know, you get like an actress for like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. We're like, we need a girl in a music video. That's like a model in LA, you know, just want to work for the day. And yeah. I had first time dancers. I had dancers from, I met the people. I did Yo Gabba Gabba. You know that show? Yeah, it was like, I do know show. Yo, like, you did Yo Gabba Gabba? I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's did everything I did. I've done a lot of stuff. Yo Gabba Gabba. Well, yeah. Um, I had a song called the Sweatpants song. And um, it was like, you know, I, my manager at the time, Brandon Dorsky, you know, we somehow landed it and we we're like, yo, yo, Gabba Gabba, you get involved. And I was doing the live shows as like the special musical guest. And I met a guy there named Roland and he was like a dancer and he had dancers from the LA Lakers. So I was like, yo, I was like, we could get some LA Lakers. And I'm like, how much do I got to pay you guys to like show up to the video? Perfect. Let's do it. Let's dance in a laundromat. And you're just doing weird stuff. This, this girl from Craigslist is like in, in my bed at the time. And we're like, you know, just play fight with like, um, I, remember, I think yeah. Nico gave me like a drill bit. I, th I don't know. It was like a like a drill. <laughs> like literally, everyone's like, what's going on here? And that was sort of like this abstract art to me because everyone's like, you can't stop watching because you're like, what is this what guy doing? It's like shameless. Like yeah. shameless. My brain is in total yeah, chaos you know, right it's, now. It is shameless because when you're making art, who are you to judge my art? First, the song's good. And then there's this girl, and then there's like this Jewish guy, and the then there's this. The huh? Oh, you're talking about that? Yeah, he's not I'm talking show. about me. No, so I'm saying. I know, I'm but I'm talking about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. You know the show? Yeah. Oh, so that's, I love that show. It's one of my favorites because it just goes from crazier to crazier. Like, that's what it sounds like here. Yeah. So, you know, that's sort of my mentality of once I figured out, okay, what's working for me? Because sort of you always look back at your stuff and you're like, okay, this worked. Okay, this collaboration worked. You know, and then I did stuff with Modest Yahoo. Then I'm like, okay, that worked for that. And then, you know, I charted on Billboard. I'm like, okay, this was cool. But how do I, how do I switch it from the physical being present, like selling my CDs to like online? Like, let's just stay home and, and make it go. Right. And, and when and I was... Let it itself. Yeah, let, let it sell itself. And, you know, last year I had the Fat Joe thing happen, which was part of my biggest New York moment where I was rapping outside Madison Square Garden about a year ago. And then I then I connected with Nassim Black and we were like, let's let's remix you Adam Sandler's thing. Can you do a little bit of backstory because a lot of people don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. You, you, there's definitely people listening to this pod who haven't seen these viral videos. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, I, started, I, I started rapping outside Madison Square Garden. Like, I'm, I'm a big project guy. So I'm like, okay, for the next 90 days, I'm going to rap out on the street. And we're going to do like a 90-day rehab, but it's going to be street performing. And this will be a little project. And then, then I'm like, for this now, right now I'm doing a 75 hard where you like work out twice a day. And like, I'm going to see what happens to my body. You know, I'm very like compartment. Yeah. You're, yeah. And I decided to rap outside every Knicks game. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. This will be my, my job. You know, I'll make my little cash. I'll get all my social media up. And this started just taking off. And um, I rapped the first game. There was like some drunk guy tried to battle me that got like 50,000 views. Or just, I was just wrote, just destroyed some dude. I just, whatever. I don't even think he was a rapper. He was just, wa he was just wasted. And it was, just, it was just like, you know. To be fair, you would destroy most people who were prepared and not drunk. Yeah, yeah. But 
there's I don't know. Sometimes it's just more fun to just destroy someone <laughs> who's not like just not prepared for. Yeah, it's not like he's like you see like drunk guy like steps to MMA fighter and you're like, oh my god, I gotta <laughs> see this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, let's just keep this going. And then one day, um, it was the next four games. Something happened. There was a side talk thing. Uh, uh, the Bing Bong thing started. Oh my god! So that happened. That was so annoying. Um, <laughs> But it was a great moment because it was sort of like the New York uh, internet community. Yeah. And this is sort of what, you know, we were talking about the hanging out video. That sort of chaos sort of switched to the street stuff of New York City. You know, I was rapping outside and then a celebrity, Fat Joe, you know. Who yeah. Made who lean, I also grew up listening to. Yeah, who made Lean Back, um, yeah. you know, rapped with me. And I knew all the words to his song. And it was like a song from like 20 years ago. Yeah. That was like a special guest verse on another. It wasn't even his... Was song. he like impressed that you knew? Yeah, it's, it's kind he of a was, deep cut. It's got yeah, me. he like he's like, let me come out with this verse from twenty years ago that this guy definitely doesn't know, and I knew every word. Fuck so that man. even made it more. And it was in a rainstorm, like I said, extreme weather, um, which has always been a thing of mine, like rapping, doing extreme things, rapping. Like I like I'm like I should I've be skydiving you, and rapping. I'm while just trying I'm skydiving. to think of all the costumes I've seen you rapping in on 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 your Insta and on and on like New York Nico's Insta. Mm-hmm. Um, also, people shout out New York Nico. If people don't know, is New York Nico's the best. He's like the unofficial talent scout of New York, and mm-hmm. you've gone. He has a ton of followers, and he just captures the craziest shit in New York because yeah. he's he's outside ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Yeah, he, he lives outside. That's and that's it's fun for me because I'm very much I don't like being inside. You know, for me, I'm like I need other people to be inside sending emails, and I'd rather just go outside and create, and that be my workforce. You know. Um, and that was sort of what, what really took it off last, last year was the street performing. And yeah. when I had that happen, I sort of realized what, you know, fast forwarding to today, the Fat Joe moment of rapping outside, that led to my Hanukkah song with Nassim. So now we're taking like raw videos and moments and making them into songs. So the Hanukkah song was my first ever viral song, which I've never had a viral song ever. It just, you know, I would release songs and people are like, I like your song, but they didn't really know it. And then it's when I started experiencing just this past year. And I mean, I've been rapping for, like I said, since 2005 is when I put out my first vinyl. So we're talking about almost 20 years. 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. Um, I'm not that good at math. It's been your main occupation for 17 years. I mean... Definitely my main occupation since 2009, after I won a Hot 97, I won a Hot 97 rap battle at Giant Stadium. And then I started, you know, once I moved to LA, I never had a job. That was 2011. Like I never had, the only other job I had was working at the rehab I went to Mm -hmm. and delivering pizza, like in the mid 2000, you know what I mean? That was it. So. How does that work? If you don't mind me asking, like from an income perspective, like. Have you ever had a job or it's well, crazy? No, <laughs> it's, it's a hard, like artists in general. It's oh, yeah, hard. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people, you know, actually, let's say this. People totally know you could make money in music. The Jewish world does not grasp how people make money from music because they don't value it as another job. They only value other things. Accountants, cash advance, business, uh, doctor, dentist. But I make great money doing music because really? music... Mm-hmm. You just said really. No, what I mean to say is you. No, but I need to you to. I need. I need to clarify with you and just anyone listening is that musicians make great money because it's wide open, especially for a Jewish artist, because there's not that there's such a high demand for Jewish talent within the Jewish community, and then outside the Jewish community, the bridges that you cross 
plus the brand deals that you get from going viral are insane. Yeah. The amount of people offering me you're money for Instagram stuff. Money. You're getting Instagram money. Yeah, you get Instagram 100%. stuff. You YouTube get so money. much promote. Prom YouTube money is is totally even is a side thing. Plus, you get money from streaming. You get money from real. I mean, there's so many facets of how much much money you could. It's make. very diversified. Outside of the music, it's sort of like you know you you get something on the street. You get something here. You get something there. You get a connection from another friend. You play a bar mitzvah. You do a custom song. I mean, you're making. And uh, luckily, I once spoke to this about uh, to Yehuda from Moshav. Shout out to Yehuda. He was like, "Yeah, thank God for you know Jewish music because you could play a gig. You can make a couple thousand. You have to split with everybody. Then you play a wedding, which is like for the same crowd that would also come to your show. You could get paid like seven to ten grand, you know, Weddings to do make something. So much more money than gigs." Yeah, and everyone in life, and this is just for anyone listening. Wait, you played weddings? I'm sorry, I didn't mean Yeah, I played weddings. I'm yeah, just yeah. trying to imagine who this I play weddings, wedding. bar mitzvah, the whole thing. I love know? that. Um, You've wrapped at weddings. Yeah, 100%. Um, weddings, everyone has a wedding gig. A wedding gig is like, um, is a description for anything that you're doing that you don't want to do, right? Like, like <laughs> because you have to, you sort of have to cater it to your to boss, your, yeah. to your boss, right? It's not about creative control at all. It's no, about no, no, no. And that's, and, and, and that's perfect because you're creating the perfect moment for um, someone else, for someone else, right? So when you're, when you're doing a wedding gig, it's like, listen, not everyone could say F you, F you, F you. I don't want to like work for you. You know what I mean? But now I'm at the point in my career where I can be like, no, nah, I don't need, I don't need your couple thousand I'm turning down show, like things for thousands of dollars so I don't want to do it and it doesn't even matter because now I've figured out how to make money off things that I'm doing and that it just goes up and this yeah. Kanye song I would say you've sort of more than a, and most people figured out how to go viral like I feel like you mm -hmm. literally have you've got the crusty crab secret recipe for how to go viral yeah yeah because you've just done it so many times yeah and I never did it before I got to New York and Ever. what's interesting to me, oh, yeah, yeah. was there something that you learned about going viral specifically? I mean, we need to, we need to go viral. So maybe teach me your tricks. Well, I mean, this is just for people, you know, why do you want to go viral? You know, that's like a big, you have to ask, like, what's the, what's the why, you know? Um, the why for me with for this. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The younger You're like, uh, orthodox man refuses to have kids. That would go viral, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Orthodox, or, Jewish Orthodox man gets a vasectomy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, my God, you know, he's not going to have any kids. How could he do it, you know? Um, for our next pod? <laughs> um, but the thing is, when I was making the video for the Kanye stuff, you know, or let's say this, I was making the video for, for um, Witnessing Black, yeah. um, and we were doing it for Hanukkah, and I had my guy, and we shot outside Madison Square Garden where I did the Fat Joe moment. Um, like I said, we were going to all the Knicks games, so we would shoot there. And Gary Vaynerchuk came out, and I got Gary V in the video. He, he, ears perked up, yeah. And yeah, ears perked up, right? Yeah. And I know Gary v because Gary we're v. from Edison. Uh, I'm from Edison. He's from Edison. And oh, I don't know. I, my brother bought my brother Zach. He bought a business lunch from him in like '08 for like three grand, and he like met at like a Taco Bell or something like that. And just you know, talking about building his business and his yeah. online strength training program. And then I had once rap I've rapped at Gary V stuff in South by Southwest. So I was one of the first rappers to ever connect with him, like when I was starting out. And he was also just more accessible. So Gary V jumped into video. I right off then, I knew that that footage, he put it in his Discord and he retweeted everything. So that gave it a huge boost. Plus it was on Nassim's YouTube. We dropped it the first night of Hanukkah. That went viral. Then we started 
like his page just really boosted up. So it got like 200,000 views in literally a week. He's Gary V. Jewish? Gary V. Yeah, Jewish. sure. Totally. Gary V's yeah, Belarusian. Is. You know, he's just, you know, he really, yeah. he really speaks a lot about, you know, his, I mean, he keeps religion out of it, but he's like, you know, he comes from, you know, communist. But he talk, talk, talks about being Jewish. Sure. sure. Um, but when I was making the video and then we also set up a billboard, there were like little key moments. And people liked it so much. I mean, the World Trade Center posted it. We did a collaboration with the World Trade Center, like official Instagram. We did a collaboration with like literally the state of Israel's Instagram posted it. Um, you know, they wanted to say. And it went, it was like one of the JTA's top viral articles. So, wow. you know. So I, talk to me a little bit about, I, I definitely know that a lot of our audience would, would want, want to hear about this. Talk mm -hmm. to me a little bit about your relationship with Nissan Black. Because you guys have been yeah. doing a lot of good work together. I know and Nassim he's an Black. To me. Yeah, I've known Nassim Black since before he, he was D Black. I knew him before he was Jewish. No, he did not. Yeah, when he was putting out those old music videos, mm -hmm. when he was not Jewish, or he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he wasn't Jewish. He wasn't Jewish. How I did knew you meet him because during that time of like 2008, it was like Seattle was probably the most bubbling city as far as talent for hip hop. Macklemore. Yeah, Macklemore was Seattle rapper. I know. <laughs> I mean, Macklemore had. Um, Basically, the best music videos. Macklemore was doing the Nike, the video about Nike sneakers. He had yeah. done like a Kickstarter. I remember him raising like almost wings, twenty wings, grand. Wings. Yeah, wings. Dude. So Nassim was. We were all doing South by Southwest, um, which is a festival in Texas. And it's like tech and hip hop and I rock. Don't think all of our. I don't know if the From World knows this that Nissan Black put out music videos and music mm -hmm. as a non-Jewish. And it was rapper. amazing. And it, it was, was great. Yeah, he was fire. Yeah, and Nassim was going to get record deals and everything. I mean, he has an amazing story, but I knew him from then, and then I knew him when he was becoming Jewish, and then and he was very Jewish, and I was on tour with Modest Yahoo. I remember seeing him on the side of the stage, actually kind of being, like, jealous. I'm like, oh, my God, I'd be, like, another Jewish rapper. And, his, you know, and because I knew him before he was Jewish, so to right. me it was just drippy. You know You're what like, I mean? get out of my lane. <laughs> yeah, there's only room for <laughs> – yeah, yeah, just so dumb. But, but uh, it was a huge tour. It was like uh, – uh, Modest Yahoo and Revolution, and it was like maybe like Shit. eight thousand people in Seattle. Yeah. You know, every show was like, and I was just doing. I had one song with Modest Yahoo called "Dodging Bullets," which was about fighting anti-Semitism, of course, and like you know, anti-Israel shit. But like, I knew him then, and somehow just connected with his manager, and we were just, you know, we were cool, and we're like, yeah, let's just do a Hanukkah song, and let's remix Adam Sandler's, you know, and I produced a whole video. I produced it. I kind of directed it. I got everyone together. We just ran around the city and Nassim flew in from Israel to make that video, to make the video. Wait, he and then, time in Israel. When was this? Yeah. Um, we this literally like shot it on thing. Thanksgiving oh. and it was Hanukkah. Like the next day, my guy flipped the video. We put it out. In a night? Yeah. Both times on both of my viral videos of songs, my boy, Matt Levine, who also is just an amazing director. Shout out to him. We shot it, flipped it within 24 hours. I mean, literally, he flipped the Kanye video in 12 hours. Yeah, your think. response, Kanye, was so quick. Yeah, because that that's... You have to be You quick. have to be quick because... It's quick, but then there's I like could have maybe made the song better or like, oh, you could have said this about Kanye right. or this about Candace or this about whatever, right? But it's like, right? Nah, you got to get it, it out. It doesn't even push. matter. Mm -hmm. The fact that something even exists right. is crazy. So you got to think... A big thing that I've always been infatuated with is being the only person to do something. Or first to the bunch. Yes. So I rapped in Spanish and Hebrew on the BET Awards and the BET Cypher. The only other Jewish rapper there was Mac Miller. 
I rapped. I was the first guy, you know, to go tour with Maris Yahoo and get on the Billboard charts when he was touring with 311, like, because I was selling all my CDs handy. We were like, let's go chart on Billboard. How are we going to do that? We have to sell 1,500 CDs the first week with Kickstarter and hand-to-hand selling 100 CDs each show, and there's 10,000 people at each show. So we're figuring out how to do it. And just being the first person to do something is very press-worthy and very, like, a reason is someone would want to click, you know, because it's hard to cut through the noise. You know what I mean? It's like, let's say you're looking to a rabbi, right? Everyone does Shabbat, but like this Shabbat is like, oh, it's Halloween Shabbat, it's costume Shabbat or something like that. Or it's like a Moulin Rouge Shabbat. You're like, oh, I like Moulin Rouge Shabbat. <laughs> or you're like, oh, this Shabbat is Titanic Shabbat and everyone well, dresses Titanic up. Shabbat, of course. I don't know. You know, like um, <laughs> a lot of if ice you, desserts. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and like the person at the head of the table is like looking ahead and you're like, iceberg straight ahead. You know, I don't know. Oh my God. But you think about things that you see and you're going to go like, oh, God, I want to go to a Shabbat dinner. And uh, you're looking through and you're like, oh, Titanic Shabbat, like, let's, you know what I mean? Like, let's go to that. That sounds way cooler. Um, Bald Fest. You saw, I did yeah, Bald Fest. Yeah. That Two went, years running. Yeah, Bald Fest. Uh, what I, is Bald Fest? Yeah, explain to us what Bald Fest is. Bald Fest is a festival for bald people. <laughs> I did, uh, that was I'll another thing I did. I'll soon. Um, <laughs> that is unbelievable. As a, Where does this take place? Um, in Brooklyn. But I mean, it's, it's a worldwide worldwide event, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you could, you could, you could but how many in. people actually show up to this? Um, Thousands. Do you are you only able to show up if you're bold? No. Oh, so I can show up also. You could show up, yeah. Is it like uh, support you could the bold be an, community? Yeah, yeah, you could be an ally. <laughs> well, I have the bold community. So I am an ally, by the way. Honey Lisbon played it. Honey Lisbon yes, played did. it. Yeah. She used to be bold. We she mm-hmm. talked about it on our pun. Yeah. Oh and, yes. Uh, Alicia, yes. Alicia, so yeah. the Shout out Jada Pinkett Smith. Shout out Jada. Shout out Honey <laughs> Lisbon. Uh, <laughs> I told her actually on the pod that just shout out to her. I did tell her on the pod that like her staying sober throughout the like we time shadow Bisha is one of the most amazing things yeah, ever. Crazy inspirational. Unbelievable. Yeah. She um great comic, great person, and also just in, in general, like we have like this Baldfest community. So she's part of it. She played this year too. But the Baldfest, because it I started doing things on holidays. So that's another New York thing I did. So there was like National Bagel Day, National Pizza Day. National Bagel Day, I made a song about bagels, which kind of went viral. Did you film it by Greenberg's in Bedstock? Greenberg's, yeah, a bunch of places. Bunch of places. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing, because, you know, America has like all these holidays that aren't holidays. They have national holiday for every single day. If you look up on any single day, there's eight to ten national holidays just for that day for anything. Mm -hmm. It could be for anything. It could be a national nose hair. There's like national, yeah, nose hair day, national boyfriend day, national pizza day, national bagel day. Um, and there's also national be bald and be proud day. Um, oh, yeah. And there's two national bald holidays. Um, so. Yo, you guys are getting kind of greedy. Yeah, don't you yeah, think? Too. There's one Juneteenth, but you guys need two. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to make a, uh, a um an Instagram page and like uh, every aspect of the you know instead of it saying you know the anti-Semitic flyers are like every aspect of the Jewish media is Jewish and it's like every aspect of the music business is bald like Pitbull you know the Rock everyone <laughs> bald media. people really control the media yes, yes. exactly bald yeah. people Pitbull controls the music industry obviously Does he really the Rock like, controls no. <laughs> the label gosh I don't know any of these things I thought he was no I was like I thought you were being serious for a second. I'm like, what? Like, the, the Rock controls, you know, the film industry. I mean, that that one's yeah, kind Jeff, of true. That's kind of true. Wait, Jeff Bezos con- controls, controls e-com- everything. E-com- yeah. yeah, Jeff so. Bezos controls all e-commerce. Moby controls the vegan food industry. <laughs> 
And <laughs> being... Elon Musk would have been in the bald community. I don't know if you saw pictures of him oh, from the nineties. He was bald. He yeah. was right on his way. Then he got you know that billionaire hair plug, oh, that just like God. gorgeous Dave plug. Pornoy hair, hair plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got the Dave Pornoy special. And uh, you know, um, the, who is it? The Interceptor controls the security business. That guy, the other uh, Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah, Statham. Yeah, yeah, you know. Statham. Yeah, yeah. So uh, listen, I mean, that's you know the reality is bald people control the world. So you know. <laughs> Well, would you say you're more proud of your Jewish identity or your bald identity? <laughs> oh, it's an amazing question. I think uh, and there's intersectionality there. You know. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, hey, with the, yeah, now, you by the way, you, fire, can, keep you us. can make the, I don't know if you like, you're comfortable with the way the headphones are right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you, are these custom? Because sometimes you show up rocking yeah. a Kiba I've never seen in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a custom Kiba. Show us what you got. Take, um, let's see it. It's from... Check it out. It's called seven seven. It's like oh, it's it's all done. They have matching back. Wait, seven seven with no zero, no seven seven ov. Yeah, it's from they're from uh Canada and uh, they're just designers. Actually, no, it says seven seven d. Oh, it's no. an O. Okay, seven seven ov. This yeah. is it's insane. A, it's heavy yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wow. like a really, this is, that's, that's like, like wow. a designer. No, that's a crown. Yeah, it's a designer yeah, keeper. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the Gucci oh, of pieces. It's heavy. like a crown. Wow, yeah. that's actually yeah. cool. Yeah, can I try? I just want to get some of your. Will this make me a better rapper? Yeah, it's sort of like your Samson. Yeah, it's. Super fun. You're actually in the middle of feminist women love him. Oh man. Can, can I ask you a question? Actually, you, you mentioned, if you're not comfortable talking about this, no problem, but you mentioned <laughs> jail a few times. So I'm actually super curious about that because, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a curious topic. I've never been to jail. So I'm curious cool. to hear about that. So, yeah, I was really, you know, at a time I really loved. How I'm so diehard now about music stuff or recovery things. I'm, I was, when I was, you know, addicted, um, you hear that buzzing, by the way? I don't know what that is. Okay, I knew it was something else. Hey, come on. the headphones. Come from the headphones. Oh, really? Because there's no buzzing. So, basically, I went to jail on, like, my first offense, because I guess I, I sold ecstasy, so that was sort of my thing. I was really big ecstasy guy. <laughs> uh, I, think, this is, I think you should get rewarded for selling ecstasy. Um, so, <laughs> not within the from community, no, no. way. So, um... I went to jail and then I was I started writing and and you know I was just really into I wasn't into anything Jewish and then I saw a bunch of people going to see like priests and they were getting out of like the pod or that we were in like the block area that we're in it's like uh, east this or west that um what city was this in um it was in Tom's River New Jersey yep so I was supposed to do 5 years and then I ended up getting like 9 months I don't know how I pled guilty said something less and then sure. um and it was the kind of first offense for a small amount of drugs. So when I went there, every like some of the best friends that I had made were like very devout. You know, they were into Christians and they had this thing called born again. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, whatever. Maybe you know, I don't understand how you're born again, but you know. Anyways, that's what I think it was called. And they had this thing called the daily bread, which is basically like daily reflections, and it was sort of inspiring quotes. But maybe it was from the New Testament. It'll be like John. 316, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that, but I'm um, also some Old Testament stuff too. And just, you know, it was good, good, good living. Yeah. And um, people started seeing, we see the pre, pre, not priests, but pastors, I would say. And I'm like, oh, racial discrimination, religious discrimination. I demand to see a rabbi. <laughs> like I never, I didn't care anything about being Jewish. Like I said, I really liked being like the Israeli dude and the drug dealer, you know? Right. And, um, yeah, and that's sort of, I started getting it. And there's one guy named Smitty. He'd be like, you better fast for Yom Kippur. Rami, you got to fast for Yom Kippur. So he was always on me. 
And yeah, fasted for Yom Kippur in jail and stuff. So wow. you think you kind of found religion in jail, like a lot of people do. Like religion, but then, you know, it came out. And then I think I started going to the Hillel's when I was got back. And then I started selling drugs and I wasn't just drinking. So then, you know, by the time I went back to jail, the girlfriend that I had had broke up with me. And I have like six months left. And it was really like a real spiritual bottom for me. I was just cruising cruising down low and I was just really being reckless with like everything I was doing. I was sort of trying to get caught. So, cause this was at the age of 22, mm -hmm. um, before I turned 23 and, um, you know, my last moment before I got arrested, I was in a sting operation where I was very, I would say, I, I was very, I would even say like, just I was as a prejudice and didn't trust anybody. And I was like selling drugs with all different kinds of groups of people. And I was like wearing a yarmulke, like transferring drugs to like Highland Park, New Jersey. And then I was like selling drugs with all these Indian dudes. And I'm like, the Indian guys will never get caught. And the black guy wouldn't rat out on me. And the white person wouldn't, wouldn't do this. And all my like theories of everything all were wrong. And like, I got arrested and that guy ratted me out that I never thought would and all the Indian guys got caught. And I was just like, man, this is so trippy. So realize that everything I was doing was completely fake, you know, because my perspective on everything was just wrong. The only perspective I had that was right was that like I needed help, you know what I mean? And I was like, I need to get caught or go back to meetings. And that was like sort a of- cry for help was, in a way. Yeah. I was really gonna ask, are you a gay guy? Um, I wouldn't say what um, fellowship or anything, but I've done like, you know, 12 steps and I've been in recovery for, you know, eight, 18 plus years. So, straight. Yeah, straight. Though, yeah, wow, yeah. that's huge. Straight. No, we no, a, no weekends. Yesterday's pod, we filmed with a fascinating guy. Um, mm -hmm. He's an addiction specialist. We had an addiction specialist or an addiction? Addiction. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure addiction. if it was math or, you know, yeah. get he, labeled. No, he helps. He runs a, <laughs> He's a like, I know math. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. He runs a, a drop-in center. And mm. so we, even just yesterday, we were having like a really in-depth conversation about like where he has some pretty like staunch opinions on where what he thinks addiction is where it comes from and you listen to him we when we uh posted yeah, it was but like fascinating conversation. good good opinions in my in, yeah. in my opinion yeah, yeah labels humble opinion no I, opinions. I think zach would say the same thing i thought it was fascinating and it was, it was a very intelligent yeah. fellow yeah uh, yeah and then i went back to jail again how many um, times three times that's three yeah times. it was like three counting. times well yeah and um and then i like went from you're officially harder than than uh who was that guy? Convict Music. Oh, Akon. Akon. He he named his his music Convict Music. He Convict. went to jail once for I think it was a car. It was really? Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, that's cool. So I stole a car once. Legit. Oh, you went way harder than Akon. <laughs> it wasn't really like I don't even consider. But it's so funny how you consider like what people consider stealing. Yeah, Wait, what's, what's the story? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. I, to me, I thought, you know, I was like, hi, and I was like, oh, there's keys in the car. I'd like, just take this person's car. Yeah, they were practically asking you, you to drive it. Did you bring it back? No. No, you just drove it somewhere else. I just drove it somewhere else. But it wasn't like, you know. But I think, oh, like, when you're, when you're high and you, like, you, when you, like, when you're really on a wrong path, yeah. you rationalize things that are actually that there's like good and all the bad you do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So great. Yeah. That's actually a great line. There's like, like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you're like, right. I'm not necessarily hot wiring this car. I'm just borrowing it and putting it over here. And then it's like, and, uh, I had done, I had done things like that. And just as a is side hot wiring, there, Sorry to interrupt you. Is hot wiring a car a real thing? Uh, I mean, I want to say, Layla, have you ever stolen a car? <laughs> no, but I, 
I never hotwired a car. I just, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have. I'm I mean, not a guy that hotwires cars. Yes, you see it in the yeah. movies, and I don't know. I've always, people are like, nowadays you can't hotwire a car where it's not really real. So I've never known. Well, he's like, all my friends on this show only do white collar crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, when Label said he's never to jail, I'm like, give it some The truth is, I lied. Can I just admit this? I actually lied. I was in jail for one night, but it wasn't real hardcore jail. I, I got caught with a, I used to be a little bit of a reckless driver, classic. No one's probably surprised, but I got pulled over for, I got pulled over and I had a suspended license because I didn't pay a speeding ticket or something a year prior. You have like the assessments for anyone who's gotten moving violations. You'll know what I'm talking about. And I gave it to the attorney to deal with and he didn't pay the assessment and your license gets suspended. And if you're like, if you're caught with a suspended license, you, they cough you and bring you really? to the precinct for a night. Yeah. So you did that. Mm. It was at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you, I didn't get out till seven. You got to drop some bars about that. When's the album coming? Like, that's, <laughs> that's some Dude, street a hard shit. time. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. And that's essentially like that was the last time I was in jail was in 2004 and you had to go um, in, you know, I, I, I was, I think I was like coming from probation. So I was like really trying to get, and this is, I said, I was like, it was just at that point where I was just like, I need help. I was like, it was really, really, really bad. I was doing like double two night, two nights, which is basically when you, you're high, let's say at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. and you're on drugs and you're on a bunch of uppers and you're like, I could just stay up then all the next day and then go to bed at a normal time, mm. like at 11 the next night. So I'll stay up for, you know, 36 to 48 hours versus, you know, staying up for 30 hours and trying to go to bed at like 7 a.m. or something like that. Yeah. And that was so, you know, and that was it, man. I was just basically done. And, you know, I was trying to stay out of because I got in a sting operation where people set me up and I was running away from police and I had all kinds of drugs on me and I got caught. Yeah. You really lived that like that street yeah. life. Yeah, you really yeah. did. You're not like fake hardcore. You're legit hardcore. Well, I mean, I like to be hardcore without that. But I think yeah. but like because I came from wrestling, I was very intense. So, so even before that, I was like yo-yo diet and like trying to lose nine pounds in a day. I mean, I just come from extreme actions you know that yeah. was just thing the first time i ever you've got always drunk. been a projects guy just some of your earlier projects were drugs but yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it was, it was still a project little event. yeah I'm you still... went from going in and out of jail to going in and out of viral fame on um, on, on mm -hmm. instagram yeah and i'm a lot i'm excited for my my next little project which is you know the marathon i'm raising money for holocaust survivors i'm Beautiful. like excited how much could we donate or we allowed yeah you could definitely donate well, i thought we'll you were gonna say how it. much did you how much yeah. did you make no, bro, we'll link well, it. We'll link no. to it. We'll link to it. Um, well, I, I'm i trying to raise, you know, it's interesting because I never really r did stuff for other people. This is like a new thing. It's like a new project where I'm like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna be a person of service this year. How does that feel? Um, it's nice. It's, it's, uh, it's a good question. How does it make you feel? You know what I mean? It makes me feel good, you know? But because it, it makes other people happy because other people are also looking to be more giving. Like, I think this is for everybody. They're like, I want to do something. And giving money is sort of the easiest way of doing service. It's like listening to your friend or, you know what I mean? Or anything like someone's going through something, you got to show up for your friend or you're going to help a person move or, you know, giving money to a good cause is easy. Cause it's like, you're doing your regular day and you could just give money, you know? So how much money are you looking to raise? Um, it's just a couple thousand. I'm like at a thousand. I think I only raised like 1500, but it's just something I'm down to do. Like Bald Fest, we have a sponsor now. Um, and Wait, who's, who's sponsoring Bald Fest? Smooth, equated. smooth head care. But like smooth the money we make at the door goes to, you know, um, blue card. It's for blue card. 
It's right, uh, it raises money for Holocaust survivors in need. Basically, dude, I love that. I love you're like using your talents to like actually make a difference. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think when you're more giving to other people, you're just gonna receive more yourself. Mm -hmm. And not that that's a selfish motive, but it's just the practice. It's a cherry on top. It's a. It's it's honestly like just a good way to live. Like I have a little tzedakah box in, in my house. A tzedakah box. Tzedakah box. Tzedakah box. Actually, yeshivish. Yeah. Tzedakah box. And I got it, and I'm like, I don't even know, you know what I mean? But I just I'm always putting change in it. I'm just always collect, like saving stuff. I'm like, I'll just you know put a couple things in here today, and it's just a good way to live. I don't know. It's just something like because I, I I fall short on a lot of days, so this is a good way to do it. And and living the life of like I'm a creator and trying to go viral and trying to get more notoriety. It's very taxing on your mental. It's very taxing on your spirit because you're relying on the support of other people to make you feel good about your work, which will earn you income, mm -hmm. which really shouldn't have any control on how good it is. Like you're just as good if you get 100 views versus 100,000. Say it again. Yeah, I'll you say it again. Quality. It, 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 yeah. But if you're just as good at 100 views if you do 100,000. And like the other day, I did this Kanye thing and it, it really got the internet talking to thousands of comments. And then I rapped as a bunny rabbit on a train, which is something I did for like my soul, you know, as a 41 year old man rapping in a bunny suit <laughs> on Halloween. But I did that for my soul. You know what I'm saying? You it was your, like your inner child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my You're inner just child. out here having right. fun still. Yeah, I'm just trying to have fun, man. You're out here in your 40s having fun, more fun than most people. I'm in the best shape of my life at 41. I'm way better in shape than I was at 31. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I'm literally, I reshifted my whole thing. So, but I'll hopefully live an extra 10 years. I'm mad. I'm mad stoked right now. I might go get a bunny suit. Like, I'm, I'm feeling stoked. Can I ask you a question? How did you finally manage to put an end to the drugs in, in 2005? Like, you went to prison three times. What was, mm -hmm. like, the, the nail? Was it 12 steps? What ended? Yeah, well, I went to rehab, and also I was going to go to prison if I tested positive again because I had, like, a four-year uh, probation thing. So then you go do a four-flat, which is, like, basically you're sentenced to four years in prison, but then... It's real. Like if you get a flat, that means like the only way you could get out is if it's like super tight restrictions, which is ultimately set up for you to fail like a drug court, which is like you're testing all the time. You're always testing. And if you test positive, I mean, you could literally test positive for eating poppy seed bagels. Or everything right. bagels, and it's right. and it's true. Like that's I, it's a Seinfeld episode that. Oh, that, uh, oh it, 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 yeah, yeah, no. Elaine is a lady. Elaine wants to go overseas, and she keeps on testing positive opium. <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Why?" And she's like, "I don't get it." And she's eating poppy seed bagels all day. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I, it's it's happened. That's the most I, Jewish thing I've ever heard. Um, I think it happened to me. I think it might have happened to me once. Um, because it was always like a thing. And, you know, I used to like, you know, eat all those just, just to try to eat all the pills that make you test clean and stuff. And that was like uh, from 18 to 22, almost 23, I was taking urine tests till honestly 25. With, and I was on You peed in quite a few cups in your day is what we're saying. Yeah. Um, I said a rap line. It was something like, I'm on a gene. Duh, 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 back in the day when I had to pee in a cup. Something, something, something. You know, this is a good, good segue into rapping. Did you know... Like before you were started rapping in 05, right? You were how old? 25? 26? Mm, yeah, but I mean, I was rapping since the late 90s. I was well, rapping so that's what as a teenager. Asking. So, got it. And so why don't you try making it a career at that point, like when you were 17? My main goal, what I ever remember was, I remember a couple key moments in rap, like for me. One was, so the guy who taught me how to rap and that I used to rap was named Yak Balls. He was this Persian kid that would come down from the weekend. He was winning all these battles, really popular rapper. 
And so I was like, kosher dills, you know, obviously my name is like a euphemism. So it was kosher dill, yak ball, you know what I mean? There's obviously, there's a connection, right? You're 17. Yeah, yeah. And then I changed it to KD flow because I didn't really like the Jewish aspect of it. And I was just into battles. I really didn't want, and like I said, I really was really detached from my Jewishness. Just being Israeli was like my thing. Was enough, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I don't know if anyone understands that, but I think you probably could understand that, you know? Um, and then when the Jewishness aspect came back and I got clean, I released the record. I recorded these records during um, the time of my early recovery, my first year. And most of the songs were recorded when I was selling drugs. So it was like, I was still talking about being KD. I mean, on the Matzah for Your Mouth record label. I pressed that up and my main goal was to release, just to release a record a vinyl record, you know what I mean? And then I just got into hustling it. Like I was like calling up record stores and distribution companies. I sold like 30 records to this big place called hiphopvinyl.de in Germany. They picked up 30 records and this stuff is just- This you know, is something I wanted to, I'm glad you brought this up because in our conversations, you've, mm -hmm. you've said this over and over again and it's something for like all the creators out there to keep in mind. You make your own luck. Like you, you're not just a creator. You are a businessman, and I know mm -hmm. that. Like you're a fantastic rapper, and you're putting out all this quality content. But I also know you're the ones sending out the emails, like to like different news sources and Vice mm -hmm. and this hustle. and that. Like you got to hustle out your own stuff. You can't wait for them to pick it up. Sometimes. Right till a point. Like to a point. Like I finally started building a team just recently. Like I got a lawyer, you know, got a, you know business manager. Every good rapper needs a lawyer. Yeah, no, nah, but I mean, just need people to negotiate for you that yeah. aren't you that are with the super professional emails. Being you gotta like, watch Please. out. There's a lot of Jews who are ruining people's contracts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta read your contracts. Listen and <laughs> listen. I mean, they're you know obviously labels lawyer didn't take care of his. Uh, you got him in jail for a night. Yeah, yeah that was a problem. Oh my God. That label fired him the next day. <laughs> that was a problem. So the, the thing is, I still hire people. I, hire, I hired a PR person just for this recent project with uh, the Deathcon 3 song. Um, and But a lot of it was me still working. You still have to manage it. But now I have people that, you know, send out the emails to institutions and saying, hey, Koshidil provides these programs. I got speaker programs. I got, I'm always coming up with things. I'm coming up with programs that I've never even done. Just to see people book them, I have something called the History of Jews and Rap, which is going through like Beastie Boys to any, you know, from Mazik to uh, Mazik's the guy from Blood of Abraham. This is the guy that Easy E signed. This is the um, first name you've mentioned, like in hip hop. I don't recognize. Oh yeah, no, you got to check it out. Uh, Mazik from Blood of Abraham, and now he, he worked for Will I Am, and he's a creative director. But these are people that you know, like if you go through the History of Jews and Rap from them to. Mac Miller, it's a little diggity and just, you know, how people use Jewishness in the records and just how people that aren't Jewish use Jewishness in the records. There's um, been a few songs a, in recent there's, years. But this is like a really just an interesting discussion. And like yeah. I said, if you have programs like this, people will be really interested in coming to it. I and think I'm, that hip hop and Judaism makes a, it makes an uh, understandable connection because mm -hmm. we, what's hip hop at its core is it's, it's struggle music, right? right? That's how it's, it was struggle music. Jews, we know we know a thing or two about struggle. Yeah, we know a thing or two about it. So it makes sense that there's two cultures. Like there's there's a lot of common threads. Yeah. Can I ask a question? What um, has been the response regarding the Kanye video from regarding the anti-Semitic mm. perspective? And how is the anti-Semite community? How is the Semite community doing? Has it positive, <laughs> negative? What's happened with is that? Is it alive? In um, the interesting thing is um, there's. Uh, 
the, and this is the thing that I, this is why it really went. And, you know, we were talking about virality and um, why a song resonates with people is because anti-Semitism at its core is such a powerful demon that it separates anti-Semites on this side of the spectrum from a right wing to a left wing to new facets of, uh, you know, black nationalism that have been taught that is one good for, you know, being proud of their, uh, of their, in their community, but also somehow anti-Semitism seeping into that community to overseas anti-Semitism and in, in like France and, and people being interested of what this new thing is to Jewish people being impartial of it and not wanting to be around it and not, they're so intimidated by anti-Semitism. They refuse to talk about it yet. They still want to share it privately. So I'm getting a vast array of messages from Jewish people that don't like me now, from Jewish people that are very proud, from people in the music industry that think I should have done it a different way and the way I did it was wrong, but yet they never responded to me about any of my music in the first place, to other people who said, I finally get it, to the big share of it being from the anti-Semite community saying, look, these fake Jews, look at them. And they're the ones who are making it go crazy. And, and then they're literally making it viral. They're, they're making it viral. And then Jewish people are like, oh, no, you can't do that to our guy. And these people have never supported me before. But they're like, no, you can't do that to our guy. And that's a thing. Like when someone, um, you know, I'm not your best friend label, but if someone hits you, I would all of a sudden stick. You can't do that to him. I mean, I don't even like this guy so much. But now, you know what I mean? Now I'm going to stick up for him. And that's sort of this, this weird dichotomy <laughs> in it's this weird dichotomy when you're when you're touching this topic on that fifty point seven two percentile of of what this is. Is this is hey and you know I'm wearing to fill in wrapping it in front of seven seventy. I mean this this is making some people being like this isn't right. You're gonna make more people hate me. And I knew that how I shot the video was going to be something for me because I felt like if I didn't do something, I would feel like a wussy. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, honestly, let me use yeah. the correct word. I feel like a pussy, yeah. right? And basically Jews are perceived as weak people, especially Ashkenazi Jews, especially- Outside of Israel. Yeah. Outside of Israel, yes. And, but we need to remember that half the Jews live here and half the Jews live in Israel and maybe 1 million are, you know, or one to 2 million are outside, you yeah. know, from Canada to Brazil to, to France, et cetera. Um, and maybe I, that's the wrong I, number. This is also a really good million. point is like, if you're not Jewish, you don't have a say in how a Jew responds to anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. Like you don't get that is not your conversation to have. And 100% like percent facts. And like people, I know people who are like, oh, he's just doing that because like it's a good opportunity for him. It's like first of all, yeah, it's a good opportunity for you. Second of all, shut the fuck up. Like exactly, shut the fuck up. Like it's mm -hmm. we have a, one of the most famous people on planet Earth saying super dangerous dog whistles to anti-Semitism. His comments, Kanye West's Instagram comments are flooded with people who are Team Kanye, and now Team Kanye means anti-Jew. Yeah, we can respond any way we want, and it's and it's already it, it's. But just before you go, label, I would say that the very interesting thing is people who have never said anything all of a sudden have an opinion of what I should do, mm -hmm. and I've been doing this for a very long time to get some eyes on me and. I just made another video and put it out the next day, just like all my videos. It was another thing I did, just like rapping at the dreidel, just like rapping on the train as a bunny rabbit, 
just as rapping as here in a snowstorm is, is something what, I you're did. You're an artist. You I responded wanna, with art. I want to echo two things. Number one is that the way it always is is that the people on the sidelines doing nothing like to criticize the most. Exactly. It's just a rule of life. And even with this podcast, we have a lot of people that are haters, but at the same time, they would never create a podcast and share their opinions with the world or anything with the world for that matter because right. they're too scared to actually do it. Um, so that's a, a rule in life in general. But um, there was another thing I wanted to ask you on this topic. Yeah, my actually my boss, uh, Aaron Young-Rice, shout out Aaron. Uh, in my opinion, huge Kiddush Hashem. He took out eight seats courtside. Um, that was your boss? Yes, yes correct. Let's talk about you it. You realize that was Aaron? Yes. That was Aaron Young. No, I didn't. I know I knew yeah. it was Aaron. I didn't know Aaron was your boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, yeah, he went. He's the order of that. Rosewood. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like I speak to him pretty much not every day, but I could. I'm saying I feel like are, Rami, you got yeah, a There are us? months that I speak to him every day. Yeah, so we're working on a deal together. Right. Um, and I was looking at the at the comments. Aaron happens to be a super proud Jew, like someone that is very, very proud of his heritage. So I wasn't as shocked when I saw it. Still takes a level of balls to do it, honestly, because that's guaranteed virality, and the whole world is gonna you know, be talking about it. But I was looking at the comments underneath all of the post Instagram and everyone, you know, you know, you go to the comment section. That's always yeah, the funnest yeah. part. Typically, it wasn't fun. It was actually scary. And the top comments were all super anti-Semitic soup. It was 100%. like, it was nuts, actually. And I was like, anti-Semitism is alive and cooking. Like, it's not even a joke. I'll, I'll even say this. Anti-Semitism is a virus, right? And we're yeah. talking about virality, right? Okay, yeah. so let's go. Let's comment there, right? So a big thing in virality is that everyone wants clout. Yeah. Literally everyone wants clout. I have, a, I have literally a video of me rapping with one of the guys of the Migos, rest in peace to take off, and the guy, there's a Jewish kid. He's like, oh my God, says something literally about clout. And he's like, and the guy starts rapping with me. If you go to Team Kanye, which is anti-Semite, they're doing it for clout because being on Team Kanye is a clout chase in itself because if you drop a comment, you're getting so many likes. Mm -hmm. And everyone gets a vibe off likes. I don't care if you're anti-internet. That's why people are off the internet so they don't have to deal with getting deal the with likes. That. Yeah. It's a dopamine so, so it's not about um, Kanye, you know what I'm saying? It's about him unleashing things. And like I said, it even affects the Jewish people from policing other Jewish people in telling them what is anti-Semitism and what it affects and, and what it doesn't affect. But someone, uh, Rosenberg just said on, on, the, on like a podcast, someone sent to me and you know, Peter Rosenberg's the, the Jewish guy of Hot Nine Seven. He's, they literally advertised a show, a black, a Puerto Rican and a Jew, right? That's the branding of the show. And the, and the black guy, Ebro, is also Jewish. Actually, he's a black Jew. Um, and they have various great opinions on stuff. And, and I think everyone's a great representative because you can't police someone's Jewishness. Like, I think that's a, really something that you can't police someone's Jewishness because it's hypocritical because everyone has their own journey within their own Jewish story. Like I said, when I started out, I only wanted, I was only doing it out of spite. You know what I mean? I went from seeing people in jail, seeing a pastor to being like, oh. I need to see a rabbi. I don't want to see a rabbi. I you know what I mean? And I love that your religious journey started with like, no, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> and then not knowing that Modest Yahoo's wife wouldn't shake my hand. I'm like, what's wrong with them? When someone asked me, are you from? I said, from where? You know, I, <laughs> you know and I went to Yeshiva to get $1,000 to study at age. I, I didn't really, under, I just want to move out of my house. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't. This so, is so gold. So, this is this is so when you look at when someone says like, oh, I don't, I didn't sign up to be a freedom fighter for Jews, but like my brother, Alun, 
Israeli special forces teaches like Orthodox Jews how to fight. My other brother won Mr. Israel and, you know, doesn't care anything about religion, you know what oh. I mean? And he hates, hates it. And it probably separates my family, you know, because my brother is a crazy religious dude and my other brother is a crazy non-religious guy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I understand like, I like, kind of I like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like religion. I like being a Jew, like to my heart. You see what I'm saying? Whoa. To like, boom, boom, boom. Like you hear right here. I, I want the beef. I want the smoke. Like, I want to be courtside with your boss being like, yo, what's up, Kyrie? You see my disc? Yeah, I'm making one about you too. You know, like, what, what are you going to do about it? And then I'll make a song about being in love and I'll make a song about being bald. You know what I'm saying? I don't care because you don't write my checks and you don't make my bread and you're not going to tell me how I'm going to do my life. You know what I'm saying? So if I feel like putting on to fill in in front of 770, I'll do it. And if I feel like rapping in front of a bunch of black Israelites being like, yeah, you know, Ashkenazi Jews, whatever. Um, run the world and I sell pretzel. I really care less. I really care less because it's for me, it's about getting out of being a bitch. And I think that's like a curse within our own Jewishness is that we, we judge so many other people within our community. This is a, this is a new thing after the Holocaust, what went into the, the reform and the conservative and the Orthodox and where, where have all of a sudden you guys become better than the next person? I don't really care if you marry non-Jewish or Jew, you know what I mean? That to me, that doesn't mean anything. But if you say something, right, about, and I have the opportunity to make creative art as a rapper who has put in so much work, who's rapping out in rainstorms and streets and, and rapping as Moses with takeoff from the Migos, right, before any, not even knowing who he is, you know what I mean, just really putting myself out there, you can't tell somebody how to represent. You really can't. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone has their own journey. And dude, I'm on Wild and Out, which was canceled for the same anti-Semitic rhetoric that Kanye was canceled for. And I literally saw my boss, you know what I mean? Hugging Kanye West. And that's why I have a line. Um, if you, these are, and you're talking about the comment section. I just wanna, I wanna say this. So, so uh, in the second verse I go, I'm not a manager, bro. My boss is black. I got a sick cannon for every asshole talking back. That's a line about Nick Cannon. Yeah. And um, I'm not emo. But I need a lot of blessings. Think you got hate, bro? You should see the comment section. Call me fake Hebrew. Blame for living life. Rabbi Heschel, MLK, March 54 for civil rights. So basically I'm saying, you know, black and Jewish people have had very similar struggles as far as marching together against hate. Yet somehow in this new world, I said, think you got hate, bro? You should see the comment section. In the music video, I have comments of hate popping up. And then the ironic thing is look at the comment section of my video. Look at the comment section of your video. You literally said the comment section. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not Kyrie Irving. It's not Kanye West. It's people of power that open the floodgates and say, you know what? It is okay, right? Just by leaving that crack of the door open, like the ants and the bugs are just, they want to crawl through. You see what I'm saying? And go. Can you just expound on that a little bit more? In the sense that when you say it's not Kyrie Irving, it's not Kanye West. Um, it's people in power. What do you mean by that? It's people with stature and pop culture, Kyrie Irving, Kanye West, could be anybody, right? That, that gives a cosign to the people that have 20 followers on the internet, right? 500 followers, mm -hmm. 300 followers, right? Right. The, the people with no followers that all have these broad ideas, you know, they, they don't have a platform. And now they get to go in that comment section mm -hmm. and they get to comment 109 countries, Six and million oven, yeah. yeah, and then they get their three hundred likes, and then they mm -hmm. feel that they're heard. They yeah. feel that they found their community. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been thinking about this myself. So, so I'm well not said. sure. 
a lot of these people, I'm not excusing their behavior at all. Don't write anti-Semitic shit on the internet. But I don't even think a lot of them hate Jews. I think a lot of them see that it's trending. And they're like, oh, I'll hop on the trend because I want that dopamine. That's why. And that's not an excuse. That's why, that's why anti-Semitism. I think real dying the wall anti-Semitism <laughs> is rare. I think what we have is a lot of bitches out in the world who just want a little bit of clout. And it's popular mm. and it's fun. It's kind of like being an edge lord. It's like when it's like when white uh, kids will say racist shit. They don't actually hate black people. It's just they hey, won't they I'm won't do edgy. anything in life. But if you think about the attacks in Jersey City, right, where you know that was just one of those guys, because it's like Farrakhan's not saying go attack the Jews. You know, what I mean, he's not saying get up in arms and fight everybody in Crown Heights. He's but there's people at home that you know take these ideas and they stir it up right. and those are the people that, that are attacking and that's why it's really wrong because and the people maybe that, you won't do something mm -hmm. but there is some crazy dude living but, in his mom's basement. This is the reason why I'm not even that I'm not even that Jewish, right? Because we're all the same Jewish, right? Whatever, whether you're and I really say this whether your father's Jew, if you identify as it because that's what we get to do. The reason why I wear a yarmulke on Wild and Now is because no one would know Kosher Deals is even a Jewish reference unless you're maybe from New York. They don't mm -hmm. understand what Kosher Deals is overseas. So I wear the swaggy yarmulke, this joint, and, and I have Wild and Out yarmulkes and I make it cool because this is what I understand. Like, this is a great opportunity to like to extend the conversation about anti-Semitism. Like, yeah. so if that, that's the clout that I'm looking for to like be part of a conversation and say, listen, you know, the first people that get attacked aren't going to be the people that are just, you know, hipsters on a bike. You know what I mean? They're going to be people that are in... Wearing capos. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what's going to be. You know what I mean? So I'm happy to be part of the conversation and just, you know, be the person that did it creatively. Because there's plenty of people on podcasts, plenty of people on radio. Um, I'm not trying to be a freedom fighter, but I'm also not trying to be hypocritical. It's just like, yo, I thought it was a great opportunity to stick up for people. It's not my whole thing. And, We're happy and to have you fighting for it. That's it, dude. I'm just like do saying what a lot of someone said this, and I'll just end with this: is like, thank you for being a voice, a, a voice for a lot of us who are thinking the same thing, but we don't have the platform to ex mm -hmm. express it. But I know that if I could put something out, I know creatively I'm going to make this go. And you know, I did Good Morning Britain. You know what I mean? So it's like they came to my backyard in New York and filmed me, while the same person from France filmed me about Bald Fest. So like they were back to back and it was just two different things. And I was like, this is awesome on, on a creative level that I could do so much different stuff while still, I don't know, doing stuff that feeds my heart. Cause Bald Fest feeds my heart just as fighting anti-Semitism feeds my heart too, you know? So. I love that. It's actually. Bald Fest is, I'm still enthralled. Yeah. Right? Like I'm so <laughs> enthralled. I have this idea that we were just like, we're championing the bald community. Just, it's amazing. I, I like, I love it. One other thing. I think we got to wrap up. Mm -hmm. Do we have to wrap? Can I ask one more question? Yeah, yeah, you go around. Um, it sounds like you have a relationship with Matisseo, right? Yes. So I'm actually curious about his journey because I, I know, like, obviously, you know, he wasn't religious at all. Then he became, you know, he went to Chabad, became super religious. And now he's obviously not. He seems like a fascinating human being to me. He is fascinating. Um, yeah. Like, obviously, beyond talented. And I was just curious, like, about his journey. I don't know if you're comfortable sharing anything, but... I know when I first met him, he was, uh, it was 2004. And then I remember going to his show when, uh, the first show when he shaved his beard. Then I also remember being with him in Europe after he had uh, people protest his show and he went viral to, to get him to sign. A, it was at a, a reggae festival. In, um, and then I saw people with massive Palestinian flags waving them in the front row at places and trying to build pyramids. Um, 
to uh, like like literally like pyramid protests mm -hmm. and me going in the crowd in Germany and stuff and I've been with him on in Nazi air air force fields and him rapping Shit. to Philin, you know what I mean? We've had a long journey together. I did th I've done three songs with him since I've met him, you know. I mean? really like the song off your new album with him. Um yeah, we did four of the ones. We did Dodge and Bullets and we also did a song called Childhood with this dude C Rays and mm -hmm. uh yeah man, saw on the internet, but I mean if you really want to know about Modesty, I should get him on the podcast. Yeah. Work <laughs> out my next, <laughs> my next question. Good can you, luck. Can you help us get him on? I definitely can't. But <laughs> In that case, I... Uh, uh, Ramen, thank you so much yeah. for being here, man. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for what you're going to do next. Uh -huh. Now that I know that you can churn out a viral video in 24 hours. Hey, like, man. I'm waiting for the next celebrity to slip up yeah. so you got a... a nah, you know. Honestly fascinating. Like, I just listened to you for an hour and 20 minutes. I have my brains in chaos. Oh, okay. like, cool. There's just so much to yeah. unpack. You have so much life experience. Yeah, there's... A, the amount that you Thanks. just talked in an hour and 20... Like, it's impressive. Thanks, like, dude. Like, the amount of thought that you just got out. Like, I think that that's like a big thing. Maybe it's not. I don't know if there's a talent like rap. Like, rapping is like just having a million thoughts and be able to just get them out and just... Into the world. Into the world and just with, like, pre like preciseness. Just boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. It's crazy. Oh, I got a lot to say. There's my boy Blake Banks. He's a great, he's always helped me when shout out to Blake Banks. He's just calling me right now. Okay. Call him back. Thank you guys. All right. Call him back. We'll be, Ramen, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Appreciate it. It. Everyone. Suck Yo, a dick, yeah. Kanye. Oh, wait, let me, uh, yeah. Um, just everything is, you know, message me if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Kosha Dills is online. K-O-S-H-A-D-I-L-L-Z. He's on I Instagram. Wanna, he's on Spotify. He's I'm on Spotify. Yeah. I mean, if you want to support the artistry, I have that. Oh, and you know, let me put this number in here because I have a text line. So it's 732-335-7573. And then you're part of my group and you'll know about oh, the yeah. shows. And uh, listen, if you want to book me for uh, Sheva Brachas or, uh, you know, Little Barnes. Hey, to, uh, get a little upsharing. I just, yeah. I just uh, I'll love to play an upsharing. <laughs> I, I just played a B'nai Mitzvah, which I guess is for twins. And so I did a, I did a performance. Just know if you're ever doing something for a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, don't surprise them with the rapper because they're like, what? Like the kids don't know. Like they're like, we got a great rapper. He's you know, they you need to tell kids what they're getting into. You know, yeah. I'm not an amusement park. You know, what I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Disney. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Thank you again, uh, Kosher, for coming on. All right, amazing. Later. Thanks.